Are you listening to the award-winning cbjradio.com yet? 28 different shows, over 55 hours of new programming every week. Shows range from hip-hop, to rock, to all independent artists, to hair rock, a Friday night request show, and many more. Get yourself a CBJ Radio t-shirt and make cbjradio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. How you doing? I hope the new year is treating you well. Are you one of those people that makes New Year's resolutions? I can't remember the last time I made one and I generally never complete them, so I don't do them. There are certainly things I want to work on this year, but I'm not going to tie them into some sort of resolution. Well, maybe I have one resolution and that's to do more interviews on this show. So if you want to be interviewed and you're one of my friends, hit me up. I got all the social media stuff. Today's guest is Jeremy Russell. I went to school with Jeremy from eighth grade through high school. I moved to Laramie when I was 13 and went to eighth grade. We both went to the University of Wyoming at the same time. I'm sure he graduated before me. We had around 300 students in our graduating class at Laramie High School, so you don't get to know everyone. Now, I played football with Jeremy a couple years, and I thought he was a really good athlete, but he stopped playing after our sophomore year. And you will find out why he stopped playing football and went on to a different sport in this episode. Let's get to the interview. I was actually born in Fort Collins, Colorado, believe it or not, uh, but then moved to Laramie at a very young age and uh, went all the way through college there. Wow. Yeah. So... Are your parents like native Coloradoans, Coloradians? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, my, yeah. So my mother was uh, born in Oklahoma and then my father was born in Maryland. Wow. Okay. And yeah, so we're spread out a bit. How did they get to Fort Collins? My dad actually went to graduate school at CSU. Okay. So I have CSU ties as well. Um. Yeah. And then we, from there, had a very short stint out in Wisconsin where he got a job. But then right after that, he got a um, professorship in uh, Laramie at the university. And so are you uh, the only son, the only child? Do you have siblings? I am the only son, but I do have a sibling, my sister, Jessica, who is two years younger. Younger. Okay. So you, you're the big brother and, uh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big brother to one sister. That's about it. <laughs> I, have okay. two, I have an older sister who's six years older than me and a stepsister is about four years older than me. So I'm the only boy too. So, um, it was a different childhood for me than my sisters got. I always laugh at them cause they're always like, it was a double standard for you. And I was like, go mow the lawn, <laughs> go pick up dog poop. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So they were like, no, you can stay out later. <laughs> I was like, okay. So, <laughs> um, so as a kid, what were you into? Were you like highly academic? Did you read a lot? Did you play a lot of sports? Lots of sports. Um, academic as well, but but mostly sports. I loved football, loved soccer growing up. I was the kid always out in the front in the backyard shooting basketball hoops. Um, always remember uh broncos one of my favorite teams okay. growing up still are uh despite their hardships as of late <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um growing up just loved them and so we would we'd be out in the front in the backyard all the time you know running routes uh had a couple buddies in the block barry Mashad, 
Oh yeah. Who you know lived close by. He and I would just be out there all day long throwing the ball. So and Barry was on the podcast, people. So if you want to listen to his story, go <laughs> go check it out. That's a that's a throwback to uh, and I I actually have not heard that podcast, Justin. So I, yeah. I probably need to go listen to that to see what he said. Yeah, you guys were you guys are tight. Yeah, you gotta go listen. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a, I mean, I played soccer as a kid. Um, I was fortunate. I always say to grow up with, um, I had an acre of like forest. I grew up in a suburb of Portland, Oregon, in Gresham, Oregon, wow. and ended up moving to Laramie when I was 13. And uh, so his imagination ran wild. Like those classic memes you see and stuff where, you know, I had to be home when the porch light came on and stuff like that. But the next block or through the woods, you would go into like a, quintessential neighborhood where you did everything like you'd see on the wonder years play street football all that stuff mm-hmm. um trick-or-treating everything but yet grew up in a in a forest basically which was a lot wow. of fun and i always want you know i wish people had the same experience i did and uh because i was like also growing up in oregon and i'm sure it was the same way here in laramie we had like four channels on tv so yeah. <laughs> you know it was like gotta get outside this is boring you know i don't it wasn't geared towards me, maybe watch cartoons, but otherwise sure outside a lot. And for being a guy that was got highly wrapped up in TV later in life, I was like, I sure didn't watch a whole lot when I was younger or <laughs> you did because it was raining. And eventually right. we were like, you know, we don't care if it's raining. We got to get outside because it'd go a week or so. And it sucked after a while. And I played soccer and I always tell this story. I played it, you know, first grade through fifth grade, and I quit mm-hmm. because I wanted to watch Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> but instead, I went uh, out for the wrestling team for some reason, which I was never good at in three years of wrestling. I was like, why did I do that? Looking back, I was like, I should have watched cartoons. <laughs> so, oh, that's great. Yeah. I And it, weirdly enough, I wasn't into academics that much, or even though... Let's see. My dad was a teacher. My stepmom was a teacher. Uh, my mom worked at the university. My stepdad was a teacher at the university. I surrounded yeah. by academics, but I just did enough to play sports. Right. Um, and and a lot of it stems because I'm left-handed, and I didn't know any other left-handed people until maybe middle school. And so I was mirroring everybody in what I did in life. So I was like step behind a lot of things. So um, Yeah, sure. I kind of didn't like English classes because you had to write and do stuff. And I was like, I was just trying to learn how to write. And then we'd go into cursive. And then I was trying to figure out how to spell. And it <laughs> it haunted me for a long time. I love computers these days because they've saved my butt on so many things that people can actually read what I write. And now you can spell check it all. I can so. all the check. Yeah. 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 And so I, I love that aspect of it. But yeah, growing up, you, you know, doing backyard sports, neighborhood. Um, when your sister came along, was she, you know, the quintessential kid sister that, you know, wanted to be everywhere? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, she would follow me around, right? And I, yeah. I would harass her um, every chance I got, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a great relationship and, and still do to this day. So looking back, we actually will reflect on a lot of those moments. One of, one of the, uh, you know, my parents' house is on Renshaw Street in Laramie, okay. which is yeah. – is, north there um and we actually back when i grew up were only um a couple or several blocks north of us was wide open oh. um and we it's it's developed some today but still not as much it doesn't go too far north from there but we would go out in those fields we had a moped growing up so we would <laughs> ride out right out there on dirt tracks i was the one always driving sister was riding along yeah uh, you know find the jumps do all the fun stuff we also had a snowmobile in the garage and when we get the big snows uh, we just take it out of the garage and drive the couple blocks and then i would tow her on a sled <laughs> all over the place out there um you know with trying to get her to roll off if i could but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah no i was um you know we i think a fairly normal childhood in that sense i was big brother and she would definitely follow me around but uh 
I would give her a hard time. But I was also, you know, because I was into the sports, which she was some too, uh-huh. but she did a lot of the, you know, playing with the dolls and all the stuff. Oh, yeah. I was always outside. Um, I mean, not only the the soccer and the football and so forth, but grew up hunting, Okay, uh, you know, bird hunting, big game hunting. So it was always camping, hunting, playing the sports. She did less of that. Um, so we had our time alone, if you will, (laughs) could get away from each other, get the breaks. Did, did you influence her like my older sibling did with like music and movies and pop culture stuff? Or was she kind of like, I like what I like. Uh, she was, she was more, I like what I like. Um, you know, again, we did overlap a bit in the sports and she, you know, she would watch my sports. I'd watch hers. Um, but I can't say that I really influenced her on anything specific. Um, I was very, as we got older, middle school and even high school, you know, I was that protective oh, big yeah. brother, even though I gave her the hard time early on, yeah. uh, you know, was always on the, on the watch out. So, and I can relate to that today watching, I have a son and a daughter yeah, uh, and he's the older one. She's the younger one. And they did the exact same thing when they were younger, when argue and all the stuff. But now he's uh, he's much more protective. Oh, I understand it. I mean, with three sisters, I we didn't ever went to school at the same time um, together. But now, as adults, like you know, we're out in public, and if anybody's disrespectful to my sisters, yeah, I step in. <laughs> and my oldest sister is always like, "This is my little big brother," because I'm. The biggest out of my all my sisters and then i'm like uh, yeah they're like oh my god and they're, they're, they'll <laughs> come up to me and for a long time it was interesting because people would think um because there's such an age difference between my our youngest sister and us that she's 11 years younger than me and 17 years younger than my older sister and we'd go like to the movies or something they'd think my older sister and i were a married couple and that was our kid and i was like <laughs> First of all, I'm like 13 or, you know, yeah. <laughs> let's get the facts straight here. Yeah. And so, but it, my older sister was a huge influence in my life. Um, she is the original rude. She got the nickname mm. first when we were in Oregon from her track coach who later on became my football coach. And, uh, but I was always in her shadow. She was great at academics. She was great at sports. And so I'd come up through the ranks and for a long time, I was like, you're Rochelle's little brother. And I was like, I got a name, you know, <laughs> I'm aware. And so that kind of molded me into, I'm going to do everything opposite Rochelle does. Because uh, yeah. I didn't like it being her little brother in that sense. Like I, yeah, she was amazing, talented at what she did, but I was hated being compared to it. And so when I moved to Laramie, that's when it all changed. And, um, everybody you know started calling me rude without it being my older sister's nick nickname first yeah so and we she influenced me with music until like hip-hop came around i'm big old beastie boys fan still am and she just wasn't into it and so i remember going away to, to college and coming back and i developed my own sense of music i was not easily pushed down anymore by her we were about even um because yeah, my older sister used to like pin me down, drew on my face. It like <laughs> she behind the scenes, she <laughs> tortured me sometimes. But in front of everybody else, we were the bro- best brother sister combo. And, <laughs> yep, on uh, your best behavior. <laughs> yeah, and I remember like when she was about to get married. I was senior in high school. Well, I just graduated, and she went to try to throw me down, and I was like, I mean, the look in my face was like, "Are you serious?" Because, you know, I was just an all-state athlete, and uh, I'm going to throw you down with my right arm. I'm left-handed. And I remember throwing her down, <laughs> and I'm, on, like, standing over the top of her, and she has a look of fear in her eyes, and I go, payback's a bitch. But I let her up. I didn't. <laughs> she was about to get married. I was being cool. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we've, I have great relationships with my sister, and we're spread out. Sisters, one's in Texas, one's in Las Vegas, one's in Washington. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, luckily we have things like this Zoom where you can you know, easily get a hold of people and text and call and all that. So, uh, I mean, yeah, there were definitely times growing up where I was like, just leave me alone, sisters. Yeah. 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 
Absolutely. I'm sure. And with three of them. Yeah. Um, Overwhelming. Oh, there's pictures of my older sister dressing me up like a girl somewhere when I was like four or five. Like, (laughs) he was like, that's so cute. And I was like, I didn't have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. And so um, once you, you know, you grew up and you were hunting and all this stuff, once you got into like, you know, later in life, maybe high school, um, were the same sports involved? Were you just honing it down? How were the academics going and everything? Yeah, same sports were involved. You know, soccer was uh, the love of my life, if you will. I mean, my favorite sport. Um, and I, I started that uh, in uh, what LSA, I guess, Laramie Soccer uh-huh. Association. Yep, started that early. Um, never did the uh, competitive traveling teams, okay. um, but carried through LSA um, and then had uh, a short gap there in middle school and then in high school played soccer um, every year. I played football year one uh, of high school, but then stopped doing that. <laughs> I ended up having a knee injury in middle school playing basketball. And then that was reoccurring a couple more times um, where I had to have surgery each time. Um, left knee. Um, it's doing great today, and I've done a bunch and haven't had issues. But that, with football specifically, I, I did that year in high school and said, you know what, uh, the risk is feeling a little bit too high. So I'm going to drop that and stick with soccer. Um, yeah, so did that all the way through and did not carry into college with any sports. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, other than intramural and oh, yeah. still staying active. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was good. I Yeah, because I was thinking about it. I was like, I know it. Jeremy played football. We played football together. And I yep. couldn't remember if you stopped after, yeah, or freshman year, like a lot of people do, because they were scared to death D-tie. But it was yeah. a <laughs> And I was like, okay, that makes sense. And especially if soccer is your first love, you're like, well, I got to keep this knee available for soccer, football. And yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have any major injuries as far as like surgeries, knock on wood, but I sound like a popcorn machine when I get up off the couch and walk upstairs. It doesn't hurt. It's just years of smashing myself into somebody else. And I had a few injuries that sucked in high school. Um, A shoulder one. A knee tendonitis because we wore ankle weights. Um, I had a major crash skiing because I did football and I ski raced. And uh, it was the day, first day of time trials my senior year and huge wreck. New skis weren't adjusted right and severely sprained my ankle, which is hard to believe in a ski boot. But mm-hmm. they don't go left and right, but they do go up and down. Boots do. That's right. Yeah. And it was a hard rehab because I wanted to ski again. There's no way if I would have done that now that I would be able to even come close to skiing again afterwards because mm-hmm. <laughs> body's not built that way anymore. And I did yeah. again and I, I skied in pain, but it it definitely is that you know your knee is literally ready to go, but your mind's not ready for your knee to be ready to go. Mm-hmm. You probably ran into that with surgery. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, you just you, uh, and and all the rehab and then and getting to the point that you think you're good 100%, and then there's just some tweaks that you're like, whoop, it's yeah. still there, still there. You know, funny enough, I I actually didn't. I ended up picking up snowboarding in high school. I had not skied or snowboarded prior to that. Um, and uh, if you remember uh, Travis Daniels, Travis Red oh, yeah. Daniels. He yeah. was on the podcast too. Listen to that. There you go. See, <laughs> uh, he and I uh, ended up picking up snowboarding in high school. I can't remember what year, but I mean, this is in the nineties, right? Yeah. Uh, and 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 back when, you know, it was still not. I, I wouldn't call it mainstream back then. I mean, Burton was the you know the big company that had all the boards and. Um, you know, you are starting to see more of it on the ski hills, but even at that stage, some, some ski hills, ski resorts weren't allowing boards, yeah. um, out cause, cause of the dangers they thought it posed. So it's, it's, uh, wild to see how mainstream it is now, but pick that up. And when I did decided, you know what, I, I'm going to, I had all my other friends skied and yeah. they were trying to get me on the hill. So I'm like, all right, with my knee, I'm going to, I'm going to try skiing one day. 
try snowboarding another and we'll pick one from there. Tried the skiing, very uncomfortable with it because of, of my knee and thought, you know, with the ski turning left and right, twisting, didn't like that sensation, yeah. ended up trying snowboarding and was like, that's for me. And right. I still snowboard to this day and t- have taught my son and he does it. Um, don't do it as often. Um, just age and life and priorities, but um, loved it. And so back to Travis, he and I, as we started in high school, you know, we, we thought we were the stuff. We were going up to the ski area outside of Laramie, Snowy Range, doing that. Uh, we would even do what we were calling backcountry, which was not really backcountry when you think about it, but we were driving up into the snowies there and we'd hike up the hill a hundred yards, come down on it, you know, and getting stuck in the trees, all the good stuff. But uh, great, a great sport. He was my college dorm roommate, which was interesting because people like, I go, I didn't know him in high school very well. Like I knew he existed, um, but I, we weren't, we didn't have any class together and we became college uh, dorm mates. And uh, I was thinking, I was, once you talked about snowboarding, I was like, I know I've skied. Well, I skied, he snowboarded with him probably at some point during that time period. I'd forgotten all about it. So thanks for that memory that uh, yeah. Travis was a, it was a good snowboarder. And uh, my buddy, Ty Mitchell, um, yeah. we didn't become friends till college. And he was a snowboarder. And uh, he used to hate it because I would just crush him down the hill. Like if we're just going first <laughs> one down, I had it every time. And he's like, man, I can't keep up. And I go, look at my weight. Look how long my skis are. <laughs> and I know how to race. I'm not scared of, you know, anything at that moment. Right. So I was like, yeah, you'll be good. And I stopped skiing after a while. Um, I moved to the East Coast for a couple of years. And everybody was telling me, you will hate the snow out here. And I was like, all right, not even going to try. And then I moved back to Laramie. And uh, I was was dating girls. Some lived in Cheyenne. None of them skied. So I was like, man, I'm not going to you know, waste time skiing when they don't even know how. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, or teaching them when I'm really good. And so, right. Yeah. I mean, that was my mindset. And I was skied so aggressively, like, cause I was used to racing and there'd be times where I'd get to the bottom of a hill, you know, skiing with the family. And I'd be like, I don't even know how I got here because I went so fast. <laughs> and I watched my stepdad, who was just this, you know, when he skied pure torns, he looked great. Yeah. Like, he would look like he was enjoying the hill. And I was like, sure. I want to be there. <laughs> you were going down with your hair on fire. Oh yeah. It was crazy. I, I would be like, I want to be there. And they would even give me crap about it being like, did you even see any trees? And I was like, no, it was a blur. Like I, everything right. went it was the aggressive yeah. I had. So and I always say oh, I should go back and ski, but I was like, man, I got away with one big injury. I don't need any more. So I haven't gone since and technology has changed with skis and everything. Um, oh yeah. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. It's a big mental block right now about doing it again. Uh, I'm a blast skiing, so yeah. And I'm always love to hear about people that keep doing it. My dad still skis. He lives probably 30 minutes from like the best ski area, Mount Hood in Oregon. So he's okay. 70 some years old, and we'll strap uh, on the skis and go up there. So he's always awesome. like, "Well, if I can do it, you can do it." And I'm like, "Okay, okay." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So in, in high school, were you into clubs? Were you into, uh, you know, getting that 4.0? Yeah, I was into the getting the good grades. I wasn't into the clubs because I was focusing, you know, all my attention on on sports and then yeah. the, the outdoor activities on the weekends and, and even summertime, you know, very busy. We were always boating and camping and all that good stuff. Um, and so it was really just focused on the on the grades and, you know, did did pretty well and continued that in college but was less active in the clubs no oh, yeah i was in deca which was marketing related my senior mm-hmm. year, I, the only uh school uh government i guess whatever uh position I ever held uh, i was the president of deca my senior year like it was interesting because i ran for so many different offices throughout time in my in education and that was the only one i won and I'm like, I went from nothing to now president. And <laughs> um, 
I mean, not like it was a hard job. I had to do meetings and stuff. And I learned what was it, Robert Rules of Order. And um, my whole cabinet was all female. So that's pretty cool. And uh, <laughs> um, my advisor loved that I was the president because I think he had had all like female, you know, presidents for a while. So he was loving sure. it. And he got yeah. to train me up on, yeah, how to run meetings, do things. I wasn't very good at the actual competition in Decca, the marketing stuff. Um, but it was fun to go and compete and try. I met a lot of different people from around the state. Sure. Later on, yeah. we ended up at the University of Wyoming together. So I had like other friends outside of Laramie when I went to college. So that was cool. Cause I was I didn't get to know any like maybe some skiers I got to know. I didn't get to know any football players while playing against them. I didn't go to camps or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um a lot of them went to, you know, Australia. I went to Australia right after high school and played in Down Under Bowl, played in the Shrine Bowl. So you got to meet people then. But, you know, as growing up in Laramie, you go to the University of Wyoming and you, then you just hang out with more Laramie people. Right. And I was like, man, that's not what college is about. <laughs> so that's right. It was time to meet people. I joined a fraternity when I was 20. And uh, for the test files, I was like, I already know how to drink and meet girls. So <laughs> I need the test files. And I got pretty good grades. And then I turned 21 and was in the bars. So it never, I wasn't there very long, but it was a great sure. way to meet people. Yeah, it was. I, I, well, yeah, I like it's good. What college should be. Um, did you always want to go to the University of Wyoming or were you shopping around, you know? I was shopping around. Yeah, I was I was shopping around because growing up there, right, you know, thought that I wanted to get away and and uh, to go to a different school. But, you know, it's hard to beat in-state tuition. Yes. At, the, at UW. And, you know, my dad being a professor, my mom actually worked um, over 20 years on campus at the Game and Fish uh, oh. laboratories there, um, which are basically like this. CSI for game and fish where poached animals and all that stuff would come in and wow. the vets would, you know, do samples and, and investigations. So I just, uh, that was, um, you know, that was, that was a bit of a luxury that I had both parents on campus and could, could drop in, but then thinking about go forward and, and where I wanted to go to school, that was part of the reason I started to shop around. But in the end, you know, couldn't beat the in-state tuition and some of the other factors and said, okay, yep, I'm going to stay here, which in the end, I, I'm glad I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, Really I, enjoyed the experience. Um, Same here. I shopped around. Well, I thought I was going to play college football and I got <laughs> okay, yeah. small, I got like small schools ask, you know, recruiting me. And a lot mm -hmm. of time I always tell this to people, I go, I, I'd meet a coach and they, they'd only watch like game tape or maybe into a game and they were like, I thought you were taller. And I was like, uh, that's not, I'm not growing anymore. I knew it at the time. I was like, I'm not getting taller. Sure. And they're like, you can walk on here. And I was like, I could walk on the university of Wyoming. So, um, I never did either. Uh, mm -hmm. it was kind of, you know, disenchanting where I was like, uh Oh, well, I focus so much on being a football player. I don't know how to be a student. So, um, university of Wyoming, like everything you said, in-state tuition here but my parents were like you're gonna go live in the dorms you're gonna not live at home you're gonna go have a college life they were very mm -hmm. much about that and like you my mom worked uh on campus she was in uh the ans dean's office for good 20 years my mm -hmm. stepdad was uh part of the outreach school he taught a lot of my classes in broadcasting when they had that degree and um so it was easy pop-ins. Well, him, it was like, you know, another boss. So I yeah, would, I would, sure. I didn't need to pop in on him. I saw him a lot. And, um, but my stepmom, my, my stepmom, my dad, my mom, right in the middle of campus. And so I'd always go see her. And I used to laugh cause she'd always have all the grad students and she'd tell me, my mom would tell me about the parties going on over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, everybody's going to this house. And I was like, all right. Yeah. No. Thanks mom. Yeah. And right. Uh, and so I don't know if she, you know, looking back, it's probably like, I shouldn't have told him about that party. Right. Yeah. And, so uh, but it was hearing from the grad students that oh, we saw your son there. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Oh yeah. They, I mean, it, it was those things where, you know, people knew your parents and then they, you know, you go to a party or the bar and they're like, Oh, I saw your, you know, and then they're like, Oh my God, do I got to act a certain way? And I'm like, 
I'm not telling on you if you don't tell on me. So mm -hmm. I, I don't <laughs> do be anything different. You know, I'm not going to say anything that doesn't involve me. So yeah, it was interesting. And, and that was a big reason when I finished college that I moved to New York, I had worked at summer camps there, but it was like, I got to get out of Dodge yeah. because I felt like people knew my business before I knew my business. And you may, I ran in the same thing too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone does know your business and they yeah. know your parents and all, all the things that are happening. Um, so, and I, you know, for me, I ended up renting, so I didn't do, uh, I didn't do the dorms. Oh, I, yeah. I rented from year one and, you know, was in, uh, was in that house off of, I think it's Garfield with oh, yeah. a couple guys, including Travis and, and Barry and, um, and then Dave Hubert. Yep. And we, we did that. I actually roomed uh, w with Travis and a, a graduate student, Nate, uh, right across from White Hall for a semester or two. Um, and, uh, and I ended up my, I guess my college or, you know, my, my away experience, if you will, yeah. for college was two internships. So I ended up in between my freshman and sophomore year, I spent the summer in Florida, worked at Walt Disney world, ended up getting an internship there for the whole summer. So for me, that was awesome because they have a whole campus where they bring in thousands of students um, domestically and internationally. And you go through some classes. So you get that, that exposure for, you know, <clears throat> how they do things, how they operate, how they run their business. But yeah. then you, you would work in the park in the parks. I mean, they have people doing a little bit of everything, um, you know, on, on, on the rides and the cleanup and all this stuff, but it was, it was Florida. I mean, hard to beat coming yeah. from Laramie, Wyoming and, and getting the warmth and getting that exposure. So I did that one summer and then, um, another summer, um, went to Jackson hole, Wyoming for a summer, an internship at a, at Jackson state bank up there. And love that experience. So, I mean, I should ask this early. What did, did you know what you were going to major in going into college, or did you find it out while you? I, I, I didn't. Uh, and so, as a bit of a, a generalist, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go after business because I can apply that basically to anything." Um, so I'll start there, and I ended up getting a business, um, an undergrad in business. And then uh, an MBA later in Denver at the University of Denver, um, but just was not, you know, I, I I didn't want to be in education. I mean, I'd been around that all my life <laughs> with my dad. Um, he was in animal science, and and so we were around animals all the time. And I didn't want to. My sister ended up being a small animal vet. I I didn't want to do that. Thought I might want to be in medicine, um, you know, a, a doctor or something. Um, you know, took some courses for that actually initially, but then pivoted a hundred percent to business and, uh, went all the way through on that. Um, and I'm glad I did. I mean, it worked out. It's one of those things. I look back, I, I, I was one of those individuals that was not sure and was just kind of going through. Um, but it worked itself out. Yeah, I totally get that one. I had no idea. Um, I done all the marketing with DECA and I was like, maybe I'll do that. And my mom's like, business school is a little bit hard to get into. And my, my dad had thoroughly talked me out of being a teacher. Um, mm -hmm. even though he was one, he was like, you don't want to do this. It's all changing. And I, they retired early. Uh, they got the option to retire early. So, um, they would tell me all the stuff. They're like, it's changed so much since, you know, you were in school and, um, yeah, you don't want to do that. And my stepdad, I don't know if he was working behind the scenes to get me into it, but, my freshman year, my first semester, he's like, why don't you be an intern for me uh, in the broadcasting track? You just carry equipment and it's an easy A. And that prior year when I was in high school, I worked for him as uh, a guy that carried equipment on the sidelines for uh, K2 TV. And I ran roll tape in our studio during the coach show. And so I kind of had an idea about it, but it's nothing I thought I was going to do because 
he was in it and I didn't think of it as a thing. And then I did that one internship and that no freshman gets, um, <laughs> but he right. was, he was very stern about, we don't have the same last name, but there will be no nepotism type stuff going on. You mm -hmm. have to be better than the next, you know, person. Right. And, you know, I will not bail you out. And it, there were times where we get into it and I was just like, I'm just a college kid, man, to quit. You know, I, I want to be <laughs> doing college things, not work right. my butt off for UWTV all the time. But sure. I mean, it paid off. I was better than. Once I got into the major, I declared right after my first semester, um, I, I had a leg up on a lot of people that didn't have that opportunity to actually touch equipment with equipment. And I was learning stuff along the way. So by the time I was in broadcasting classes, uh, they were awesome. They were easy. Um, yeah. It may have been harder to other people, but I, I, I it's like a duck to water. And yeah. uh, it was all the other Natural. classes. All the other classes I had, you know, a little more difficult time with. But um, broadcasting was easy, and you know, still love it today. I mean, they they got rid of the broadcasting degree my senior year, my last year, and. Um, the University of Wyoming always calls and asks for money. And I say, do you have broadcasting again? And I know they don't. And I'm like, I'm not giving any money. So mm -hmm. um, it's interesting in this day and age, you figure that'd be a big degree program everywhere. And yeah. University of Wyoming doesn't have it. And uh, so I watch stuff like YouTube and all these things. And I'm like, oh, this is terrible video. Oh, this, you know, <laughs> I, I still critique the hell out of stuff. And, uh, uh, but it's, yeah, you know, or I'll be like, I'll watch. We'll watch a lot of um, like uh, true crime shows, and I was like, oh, I can make this one with one camera, <laughs> and like, I, I can make this show. Oh, that's and great. So it, it's fun like that. Um, but in college, I was like, it took me six years, but the last year was I paid for it all myself, and I split up into parts. My parents paid for the first five, and I remember them going, mm -hmm. "We're not going to pay for a six. And you're going to graduate. And I was like, okay. So I worked more jobs to get it done. Um, sure. Still had no idea what I want to do with the degree. Uh, I didn't want to live in Denver. Um, I know you love the Broncos, but I hated every sports team from that place. Yeah. Uh, but I, but it was weird because I grew up on the West Coast, so I didn't really have a feeling towards the Broncos. But I lived in Bronco country, and I was like, I am tired of this. Um, right. And then uh, I wasn't going to move to like Cheyenne or Casper because they had TV stations. I was worlds beyond what their their videographers were doing. And I had already worked at a summer camp in New York and kind of built up stuff out there. So made the move to New York. Well, and was getting married to a girl I met at the summer camp at the time. And um, so I uh, worked at a TV station, New York, 24-hour news TV station. And I was better at shooting sports than I ever was at news. And the news there just burned me up and mm -hmm. went through a divorce and came back to university, came back to Laramie, got a job at the University of Wyoming and felt so much better about my degree and working in education than I did working in news. And there were lots yeah. of cool aspects of living in New York and being there. And some of the stories I covered were a lot of fun, but some of them were like I was there during 9-11. Some of them were okay. burned into my soul. And sure. Uh, um. It, it, I don't, I don't wish I never did it, but it definitely right. made me a harder worker. Did a lot of stuff that was good for me, um, but I'll never live in the East Coast again. So sure. yeah, um, so you're going. Well, you take you, yeah, you take something from every experience, right? I mean, then oh, that's yeah. what you've taken. You learned, you learned a lot and got better for it. But know that you don't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I'd live in New York again if I was a billionaire. Yeah, <laughs> live above the people, but sure. Um, so you're getting your business degree. Did you know what you want to do after college, or were you just like, okay, one step done? Now what? You know? Yeah, more than one step done. Uh, did a ton of um, you know, interviewing. Uh, leaned heavily on the counseling office there at the University of Wyoming. I was nice. in there constantly. Um, and that's where I got the internships at Walt Disney World, and then also Jackson State Bank. Uh, coming out of Jackson State Bank, you know, they offered me a job, you know, coming out of college, but in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, what they were offering, I was, I couldn't live on that, right? I was going to yeah. have to have multiple roommates and who knows yeah. how long that would have lasted. So I opted out of that 
Um, but like I said, did a, did a bunch of interviewing and again, was able to cast kind of a, a wide net with, with a business degree with a finance minor um, and ended up getting a job at uh, Ford Credit. Okay. So, you know, Barry, Barry worked there for a, oh, yeah. a number of years or quite a while, actually, longer than I did, certainly. But uh, got a job there and was there for about four and a half years and got into a leadership program with them, which was great and got exposure to a bunch of different areas of the business. Um, and that's honestly why I do what I do today in software, because I ended up spending time um working in collections at Ford Credit. So yeah. folks that you know weren't weren't paying their bills on their vehicles. We were having to repossess vehicles in some cases. People are going th- through bankruptcy. You see a lot of the hardships. Yeah. And a lot of those people can't avoid, but you know, the, there's a lot of cases where where folks are just struggling, need the help. And so I ended up um yeah, spending spending about four and a half, five years there and then joined a small software company after that and and then it goes goes on from there but my my background or or my career rather is uh heavily focused in in the world of of collections and recovery software debt collections oh um yeah of all things of all things wow we need uh, not something that i would have that i was going through college thinking that's what the business i want to be in yeah um but it's but it's all around us so yeah yeah i mean i don't i know maybe one guy that i graduated or went through broadcasting with that is still at it and he's a morning show host in baton rouge louisiana and i'm always like you know i dropped i don't do anything do with video anymore or anything like that i mean Mm -hmm. i'm not doing productions and stuff and so i was like I thought I'd be the last one because yeah, I didn't, I mean, I don't have kids. I was willing to move around. And then once you get into a, a job in education at a university, it's kind of hard to leave, even though I did. Yeah. I, I <laughs> right. left last year, um, some leadership issues, um, new boss and things changed. And I was like this, I ne- it was a job I never applied for. It was just kind of moved mm-hmm. around because I got rid of different departments and, um, I never loved it, um, but it was that golden handcuffs. Like I'd made it so yeah. far at the University of Wyoming, and I was like, "What else am I gonna do? I'm not moving." My girlfriend owns the funeral home here, which is was right down the street from um, the place you rented, and uh, I pass by that uh, house every time I go to the funeral home mm-hmm. where you guys live. I'm always like, "I had some good times there when I drive past," <laughs> and. Uh, and then, oh, one thing I forgot, I should have mentioned, like, you did the internship at Disney World. My little sister did that. And she actually... Oh, st- she did? She stayed on at Disney and worked there for years. Um, it it kind of made me hate Disney a little bit. And yeah. then um, my nephew just went went through it maybe last year. And I, I kept teasing um, my stepsister and my, my stepmom. I was like, he's not coming back from Florida. <laughs> I'm like grabs a hold of you it's warm weather it's nice all these <clears> stuff yeah but he did he did because he had a girlfriend back in washington so i was like ah that's it that's the reason he came back sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know that program went that far back and i was like we start talking about it, i was like oh, i should say something then i got sidetracked but yeah, yeah no, no, people no, got through it and um so y- you're in a world of computer programs and recovery like you're still debt collecting or you're just doing computer stuff? No. Yeah. It's the, it's the software side of it. So, okay. um, yeah. So, I mean, back when I worked at Ford for credit, I, uh, yeah, you just sit in front of a computer screen, right. And you'd make phone calls to people yeah. that owed money, um, and, and coordinating with, you know, third parties that are repossessing the vehicles and doing other things. Um, and then I, I pivoted and went and worked for a small, software company um, in Golden, Colorado, that was all about um, software uh, to be used to collect debt. So uh, for banks, other, you know, uh, you know, anybody, any company that's got loans, 
or things that uh, where they've lent money to customers that aren't paying, they need software to manage that. And so that's where I got into that business all about, you know, optimizing the the way you handle that and who you, who you make phone calls to and who you don't, because there's a business behind that where it doesn't make sense in some cases to oh, spend yeah. the money to do it. Um, and in other cases it does. So the software figures all that out and uh, have continued uh, to do that. I mean, I, that, I was at that company for a couple of years and then they got acquired by FICO Bear Isaac. So a lot of people know FICO for FICO credit scores. Yeah. Um, so when you go get a loan at a bank, you know, they pull that up, your credit report, and the credit reports come from TransUnion, Experian, or Equifax. Yeah. And then the score that's stamped on it is the FICO score. Um, and so I worked for FICO and they do a bunch of other things in the software world across the, the life cycle for customers. So everything from marketing to consumers to originating a loan or a credit card uh, or, a, or a bank account. Um, there's the customer management aspect of how you manage your customers as they're using those things. And then there's fraud, which we hear a lot about even uh, on the news, right? People getting taken advantage of um, or, you know, taking your money, uh, whatever it might be. And then there's the downstream in that life cycle is the collections and recovery aspect uh, where, where banks or governments or telcos, you know, mobile phones, they're, they're trying to collect on that money. And so we have software that gets used to do that. Yeah. I just start up a, a little a technology career. I work in cybersecurity stuff right now. Oh yeah. I'm very low in um, of the, of the learning. And uh, yeah, the fraud part where people, you know, it's if you even just open up your spam email and right. get everyone that's just waiting for that person to click on it. And, you know, it, they prey on older folk who don't know <laughs> the difference between spam mail and and real email. So, right. Um, right. That kind of stuff that I have to be like, explain to my parents, be like, don't click on it. Don't I go? Oh, I just got this text message. I was like, "Does your company that you're working with send you text messages in general?" And they're like, "No." And I was right. like, don't, <laughs> "Don't click on it," you know. And um, the amount, like, I was in uh, Las Vegas this last September, and we were staying at the Bellagio, and uh, it got hacked. Uh, MGM properties and uh, the Caesar properties all got hacked, and um. You couldn't print out, you were playing a slot machine, couldn't print anything out. You couldn't get money out of ATMs. Um, it was a, it was kind of crazy. It was mayhem. Yeah. yeah. And Caesars paid the ransom, but the hackers got away with like four terabytes of like uh, rewards card member stuff. Not right. good. Uh, I don't know how it turned out for MGM Bellagio. I know the, the feds got involved. And I was like, I remember people going, you know, what are they doing? I was like, well, they're trying to isolate. I was trying to explain to what they're doing. And they they got back into the system too quicker than they got rid of the the hack. And things went down again. And the last day we were there, stuff like toilets were going down. Um, Mm, My goodness. They were were taking out a lot of things. Um, It's interesting um, because I think, I mean, this is my own personal opinion. Our government doesn't have a great cyber security presence um so most people think well our government can take care of this they don't even regulate the internet very well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i mean yeah i know people don't like regulation stuff but it's it will help you if they don't allow these type of people to try to scam you or fraud and all that so um sure. now it's a big business and and people are getting hired left and right to work in it that you can have an idea so um I went down that route. I didn't realize I had a lot of experience in the world. I worked in University of Wyoming Network and just the the great work the security team did there uh, for a university and compared to like MGM getting hacked. You know, it was weird. Yeah. Like I was like, oh my God, I have to do so much to get in this part of our network. I can't imagine how you can hack a MGM network. Like I, I was, right. they didn't put enough money into it. So, um, that that it's interesting um and i didn't think i'd have a career change this late in life but i 
The weird part about it is I work at home and I'm always like, I go out in public and I'm like, I want to talk and meet everybody. Like, right. I'm like, uh, Oh, Hey, you <laughs> I haven't seen a person all week long besides my girlfriend. And, uh, you know, or if I make it out, you know, the store, but it's, it's funny. It's interesting. Um, but that's great. Yeah. I leaving the university of Wyoming, let me realize a lot of tools I had at my fingertips that I didn't know. And I got in control of money more and I made investments. And I was like, wow, I was just working and grinding. And I didn't, you know, you figured the end goal was retirement whenever, but I was like, I wasn't doing anything for the future as much besides, you know, small retirement stuff. And I was like, okay, now I got a grasp on it. And it, and I was like, all right, like I check out my FICA score all the time. There and, you go. It's always good. good. Stuff. And uh, so it's, it's, it's that kind of stuff and, and changing this late in life, but I'm much happier not working That's... in IT support. Like it's just. Sure. Now I have. Yeah. And I, I... Go ahead. No, I, you're go ahead. <laughs> I, yeah. I was just going to say it's, I, I don't think it's ever too late to, to, to change. Right. And, there you go. Uh, you know, I because th- in the end, I think it's about being happy and doing what you're doing. And I, I, you know, I've done what I've done for so many years. I, I did do a change because I, I have always been on the consulting side of things uh, where we're actually implementing the software for our customers, consulting them on how best to use it all, all those uh-huh. good things and actually made a move in the last couple of years to the sales side of the business, which I never saw myself as a salesman. In, in, in that light, but I gained a lot of um, great skills on the consulting side and was upstream even in contracting to some of the things that happen in the sales world that has allowed me to pivot fairly easily to that side of the business. And um, and I'm still learning that. I mean, it's been a couple of years. You know, I, I, I know how, how to communicate and, you know, how to write proposals and do those things, but there's absolutely a lot to be learned in the sales world negotiation wise. And, you know, the psychology side of things, uh, which I'm, I'm still learning and will be for years. So, yeah, well, you know, the product, and if you love the product, uh, yep. it'll sell itself through your, you know, cause you know, the ins exactly. and outs and everything and what to avoid and what to push. And, and so that's probably helpful. Like you're not just, jumping in as a salesman trying to sell something you never used or no, don't sell, sell vacuum, vacuums yeah. <laughs> even though i've used it but it's hard yeah. to highlight the the great things about it it's a vacuum and so you you mentioned i probably before we came on air they got kids running around in the background so i'm gonna ask how did you meet your significant other boy um I will start actually by saying, like like you, I I am, or I have a divorce oh, okay. uh, as of as of uh, over over a decade ago. Yeah. But we actually met um, here uh, here in Denver, okay. uh, believe it or not. Um, so we, um, we well, we actually had met at the University of Wyoming briefly, right. but didn't really know each other uh it was more of just a hey i see you that was about it uh-huh. but then met in uh met in denver through a, a a mutual friend that was actually having a graduation party coming out of i think she was coming out of nursing and uh from there we started started dating and then got married so um and then a short time thereafter uh-huh. moved moved from Denver and went up to back up to Wyoming, but went up to Sheridan, Ooh. Wyoming, right. and lived there for ten years. Um, and my kid, both my kids were born there, so they okay. have Wyoming roots. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I have some friends that live up in Sheridan. Spent some time up there. My buddy, who I went through broadcasting school, he was um, the play-by-play for Sheridan Bronco football and basketball for a long time while his kid was going through high school and everything. And uh, so he traveled around a lot. Everyone's when they play Laramie, I'd sit in on games here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he'd always be like, Sheridan was so good then. And there still are. He would just be like, you know, do you remember Sheridan being that good? And I was like, yeah, they whipped our butts my <laughs> senior year at homecoming. Yeah. I was like, I got pulled out when it was 21, nothing. 
and the scoreboard was like 40 something nothing and i was like so i'm accountable for 21 points the rest <laughs> was on the backups and it was a game where it was like one two and versus one and two in the state playing each other but it didn't mean anything for conference standings and we had some banged up players and so our coach was just like you know this is pointless it's great for the you know the writers and all the people one versus two but um yeah he pulled us and i was like wow this is weird being on the sidelines uh in, in, uh my senior year and we're not blowing the other team out right we're getting blown out and right i, I went to the homecoming dance and i wasn't like tired like <laughs> so but yeah he'll i've sat in on some basketball with him and football for sure when he comes down here but he doesn't do it anymore uh but it was fun i mean it, it, I respect the hell out of what those guys do calling games and stuff. I was fortunate mm-hmm. enough and you know, the name Dave Walsh. Yes. Uh, I took a classroom in college. He had a sports announcing class. It was so much That's fun. Great. Yeah. And, 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 uh, becoming like friends with him and, and Kevin McKinney, I coach Kevin's son. And so I see the guys out in public and, you know, we always have great conversations, but I always say, Dave, it feels like you're in a game when he talks to you, like, just talking to you like a friend and he's like, uh, yeah. I was like, I got to be rushing for three yards or something. Sure. And I ran into his daughter, Jen, you know, we graduated with her the other day and we talked for a little bit. There was one time I ran, I was just far enough from away from Dave and he was buying Christmas presents, but he was talking into his phone. And so it sounded like, like he was calling a game. It was interesting. Mm-hmm. Like I got the gift card for Jen and then <laughs> one for Kevin. And, like I was like, "Holy!" <laughs> Such a natural voice, but yeah, I digress. Uh, um, that all came from Sheridan. My buddy that uh, lives up in Sheridan. We own a radio station, an internet radio station together right now, uh, called CBJRadio.com. Our only sponsor of this podcast because um, when you start charging, making money off things, uh, taxes and all that, so. We were just mm-hmm. like, let's do it for free. We pay the fees to get the music to play. And uh, in the independent music scene is definitely behind our, our radio station. Uh, we play a lot of their stuff. Um, I sometimes go and scout out bands in Laramie and be like, here, send us your music. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it, if you would have told Jeff and I that we were going to be doing this, you know, at nearly 50 years old, we both would have laughed. Like, no way. Yeah. Well, yeah. first of all, you wouldn't even know, think of internet being the way it was the way it is now sure. Back sure. Then. and so, so unfortunate about your divorce so your kids grew up in sheridan and then what brought you back to colorado uh actually the divorce okay. uh so that w- ended up uh with that happening we kind of both said you know kind of going back to your comment previously about laramie growing up there and everyone knowing your business and wanting to yeah. get away same thing with sheridan smaller town life uh, just oh, wanted yeah. more opportunities, more opportunities for the kids in that light. Um, so made that made that move um, and came back to de- down to Denver because we had been here for six or seven years previously. Okay. Uh, knew the area well. I I had lived in uh, a number of places actually: Aurora, Highlands Ranch, which is you know suburbia and was back then. Um, but but came down and live on the I. Today, live in Westminster, Colorado, which is okay. northwest Denver, you know, 20 minutes from Boulder, yeah. 20, 25 minutes downtown Denver, um, which has been, you know, it's been a good move and actually put me closer to my mom, who still has a place in Laramie, oh. um, whereas in Sheridan, I was, you know, a good four and a half, oh, yeah. five hours, maybe longer with with weather um and and today door to door you know just a couple hours so that's that's been good and my son today he's a he's a freshman at uw um went through the first semester so that makes it easy for us to get there quickly and catch up with them so it's uh it's worked itself out it's definitely been an eye-opening experience when i worked at the university to see my friend's kids going yeah. to the university <laughs> sure. and i'd be like we're not old enough for this i guess we are now and yeah the more it it's happens amazing. i mean i've gotten used to it you know and then i've watched you know all their kids go through university while i mean some friends and i'm like wow wow when did we get this old you know and 
there was one time I remember in a few years back and 90s fashion became like a, a popular. And I walked out on campus once and I went, wait a minute, did I ever graduate? Was I asleep for years? Because everybody's wearing the same clothes that I wore when I was in college. <laughs> and maybe slightly variations, but I was just like, wow, yeah. you know, this is crazy. back. And well, I mean, as you've seen with your son being here, um, University of Wyoming, like, new buildings changed so much from when we were in college there. Yeah, absolutely. And I used to tell my techs, I was like, man, you guys have a kick-ass campus compared to what I had. And they're like, where'd you go to college? I was like, here. And your camp, your campus is so much better than mine was at the time. You got all the updates. You got a lot of stuff. And so um, I'm a little bit jealous of that one. But yeah, you know, I'm glad the university grows and everything. I'm I'm still a big fan and an alumni and everything. Same. Lots of people were like, I bet you don't like him as much that you had to quit. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't like certain people at the University of Wyoming. The rest <laughs> of them are cool. And so yeah. I was like, no, 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 it will. It was my choice and everything. But I didn't sure I, I didn't I didn't feel like it was my choice, but yeah. Um, it was time to go with that new yeah, boss and everything. Um yeah. Yeah, stuff like that. But it, yeah, like I said, it's opened my eyes to a lot of, a lot of new opportunities in life. And I guess, yeah, if you don't dwell, if you don't dwell on the, you know, the bad things, and I never let it really get me down. I was like, it just had to be done. But yeah, new opportunities. Um, weirdly enough, at nearly fifty years old, that I'm going through a lot of them. But yeah, I'm, I'm very comfortable in my life right now, so I can't complain and everything like that. Um, one last question for you and i asked this on everybody on the show how did we meet since the show's called all my friends with justin flaskrude justin we there's no wrong answer by the way well there's no wrong answer i but i believe we would have met in middle school junior high yeah um and probably because you were beating me up on the football field because i did play football those couple yeah. of years oh, yeah and uh you know i don't what elementary did you go to I, I i moved here in middle school so you moved in middle school okay yeah you would have met me in eighth grade because we probably played eighth grade football sports yeah. all that yeah Definitely. Uh, that, that would have been absolutely the case running around in the the orange uniforms oh yeah um, <laughs> wait uh, i didn't have the seventh grade ones i had the black ones Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The black those, ones. That, those orange ones for the seventh grade are pretty cool, but I had the black <laughs> ones. Um, yeah. I do. I was always like, man, Jeremy's a solid athlete. And I totally had forgotten about you. Oh, damn. You hurting your knee. And, you know, yeah. a lot of people would get into football in high school. And I'm like, it's almost like days confused. I was like, nobody quits now because. Right we've gone through hell and back to get here. Why are you stopping? You know, it's kind of one of those things. And I was like, I hated losing good athletes on our team. Everybody has good reason to stop playing. Um, but my senior year it was just like 12 of us. And a few were people that had moved later, but it was 12 from when I started playing with the guys in eighth grade to that point. And I was like, man, I wish it was, you know, 20 of us that played yeah. since we were in seventh grade. That carried through. Yeah. Right. And so they do. That, they do weed out. They do weed out, but uh, good oh, experience yeah. nonetheless. Oh, I get the people that come up to me now and they're like, I quit after ninth grade because I didn't want to get my haircut or this or that. I was scared <laughs> to eat tie. And I was like, we all were. All right? right. We all were a little bit scared. And yeah, I stuck to it. And there were people that quit senior year. I was like, why, man? To party? Yeah. To do this? I was like, we're top of the food chain right now. Like, <laughs> right. No more getting our butts handed to us by upperclassmen. We are the people putting it to our younger freshmen and all that. So, but I yeah, I look back and wouldn't change a thing. Love playing football. Uh boring ass offense, but we won. So yeah. I wasn't really too complaining about that. But yeah, I'm sure it was across sports. And a lot of people, I was new to Laramie. So I it took years for me to actually like Laramie. And to really open myself up to like friendships and stuff, because I was always like, this is a small pond, big fish syndrome. I come from sure you know, bigger place and all that. Yep. Um, like I remember even going to college 
And I wore more University of Oregon stuff than I did Wyoming stuff. <laughs> and now I'm you were I, that guy. I was that guy. <laughs> now I'm covered in Wyoming stuff and I tailgate for every home game. I travel, go see him play. There so you go. I'm a super fan with the pokes, but Oregon right behind him as I'm wearing an Oregon shirt right now. I um, see this. <laughs> they're right behind them. I mean, one B. And I've watched Wyoming, Oregon play. I went to both games and wore Wyoming stuff for all you people out there that wondered. Um, I, I wore Wyoming stuff in Oregon. And uh, and when they played here, they kicked the, our butts both times. But um, now Oregon is in the conference with uh, Nebraska next year. And that's like my girlfriend and her brother's team and their family all love the Cornhuskers. And I was like, I used to not really care. Now I hate your team. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, that's great. But I want to uh, thank you for being on the show. This was a good time to catch up. Absolutely, Justin. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, I know we were trying to coordinate it. Appreciate the patience there. But uh, great way to start the, the new year. I want to thank Jeremy for being on the show. I really enjoyed learning more about him and his journey in life. I will always associate him with Travis Daniels, my former college roommate, and episode 72 on this podcast, Barry Mashad, episode 89, and David Hubert, because they were such good friends in high school and college, and I'm probably sure they're still friends today. So Dave, if you're listening to this episode, I'm going to be reaching out to you for a interview in the future. On to the next episode. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud.